in this movie called A Christmas Story. It's all about Ralphie that you saw there, and he wanted a Red Ryder 200-shot range model air rifle with a compass in the stock. And that brings me to the most important question tonight, or the second most important question of the night. What do you want for Christmas? So do this. Would you take 30 seconds, turn to the person next to you, and tell them what you want for Christmas? Go ahead. Do that right now, please. Go ahead. I'm hearing some good stuff. Yeah. Somebody uh, figure out what my wife wants over there. I, I still don't know. Still don't know. All right. Well, listen, in case you're running a little late and you're looking for some great gifts, I brought along what uh, some folks consider some of the most unique Christmas gifts, some last-minute gifts you can pick up. Here's our first one. If, you, if you're wondering what to get, here's a pizza chair. I don't, I don't know what you would do with a pizza chair, but, 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 but there's one. Or, or how about this one? This one was very odd and unique. Go ahead and show the next. You know what those are? Those are socks made out of meat. Socks made out of meat. Yeah. Anybody ask for those? Anybody? Any? And, I, and if you get socks made out of meat, here, here's the next one. Shoe deodorizers. There you go. I don't know what you want for Christmas, but I want to talk with you for just a couple minutes about a great gift. About a great gift. Now, it seems like every year around Christmas, Whenever Christmas rolls around, there are a couple of rage against the Christmas machine kind of people, and they blog on their blogs, and they post on Facebook how we all need to get back to the meaning of Christmas. I guess that is legitimate and has a point to a point. You, you know the people I'm talking about, the kind that blast Christmas for ruining everything with commercialism and toys made in sweatshops and too many reindeer games. Have you, have you heard these people? And, I, and in a time when there's supposed to be a, this season filled with joy and peace, a lot of people get awfully angry and confrontational at Christmas and downright kind of like the Grinch, if, you, if, if you'd allow that. So let me ask you a few questions and see where you fall real quick before we jump into the greatest gift. Do your kids like Santa? If they do, according to some folks, some Christians even, at Christmas times, they should stop that. Because he's kind of overweight, and if you rearrange the letters in his name, they spell Satan. So clearly, you should avoid Satan. You into Christmas trees? So were the pagans. So forget about it, all right? Yeah. Happy holidays? Uh-uh. Walmart greeter, you tell me Merry Christmas, right? That's where that goes. Don't spend too much money at Christmas. Tell the grandparents not to spend too much money on the kids. And people come from, to Christmas with all kinds of different opinions and different perspectives. Well, around here at Four Corners, we celebrate it. We celebrate Christmas. And we know that it has been filled up with a lot of other stuff. So what we do, rather than try to discount it all, we try to take seriously what God had to say at Christmas time. We try to take seriously what God had to say. In the middle of all the activity and the gift giving, the buying, the commercialization, the noise, trying to find a parking spot at a Christmas Eve service. In the middle of all of that stuff, we want to take seriously what God's Word has to say. And so what I'm going to ask you to do right now, if you brought a Bible, please go there. If you didn't bring one, on the side screens, you can follow along with me. Matthew chapter 2, in the middle of the noise of our Christmas season, I want to allow God's Word to speak to us briefly for just a moment or two. All right, so Matthew chapter 2, verse 8. Here's what our Bible says. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, 
and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Now, some of you, you've heard that Christmas story many, many times. And you would expect that when you walk into a church building to be told to put aside all the trappings of Christmas and to focus on the babe in a manger. And I think that's a fair and honest point for those of us that are in a relationship with Jesus. We've accepted what Jesus has done with his life, giving it on a cross, being resurrected from the tomb. It's very important at a time like this for those of us that claim Jesus as the leader of our lives to make time to think about him. But for a moment, I don't want to go directly at that. I want to just think about something for a few minutes, kind of playing off of the movie A Christmas Story about great gifts. You ever get a great gift? I'm not just talking about Jesus right now. I mean just a, a really good gift. You ever thought about what it takes to give a really great gift? Here's just a few points. This isn't scientific. This is just Ben's experience here, all right? It takes a little bit of planning to give a great gift. It takes a little bit of advanced planning. When you give a great gift, it brings joy to both the giver and the receiver. In the little clip that we watched, did you see Ralphie's dad's smile as Ralphie opened the Red Ryder BB gun with the compass and the stock that he didn't think he was going to get? Ralphie was excited, but dad was excited too. And great gifts, another thing they all have in common is they're very personalized. The person who got the gift took great care to make sure that it matched the person they were giving it to. They didn't just go out and grab something off the shelf or put something together last minute. They took great care to make it personalized. When it comes to the Christmas season, one of the ways that we can get all that God wants us to get out of it in the celebration of Christmas, in the middle of the noise and all the activity, one of the ways we can get what God wants for us out of Christmas is to think for just a few minutes about the greatest gift ever given. And in the same way, many of you have gone to great lengths to give great gifts to the people you care about, our Heavenly Father went to great lengths to give us a significant gift. And in the pages of the Bible, in the story we read, we get a few little indicators of just how special this gift was. It's interesting to me that when you read the Christmas story, it wasn't like many people call us to do. It wasn't that they carved out significant time, and when they carved out time, and when they got rid of all the distractions and their minds were focused, that's when God gave the gift of Jesus. That's not what happened at all. In the middle of everyday life, while they were just going through their routines, they were just living. They were busy. Some were sick. Some were doing well financially. Others weren't. Some of them had significantly intact families, and others were having challenges in their family units. And in the middle of everyday life, God broke in and began to speak. God broke in and gave his son, Jesus, into the world. In our story, here's what was going on. Shepherds were living out in the fields taking care of their sheep. They had done this night in, night out for years. This was normal. It was every day for them. There was nothing particularly unique about this night as far as they knew. And in the middle of everyday life, God broke in. They didn't 
get alone. They didn't quiet the noise out. They didn't cut out all the other activities so they could focus on God. And then when they got fully ready, there was God. That's not what happened at all. Everyday life was going on. And God, the gift giver, decided in the middle of everyday life to deposit into these shepherds a significant message, a significant gift. Now, in our passage that we read, the angel of the Lord shows up to the shepherds. And the angel says to them, I'm going to bring you some, I've got good news for you. I've got good news for you to hear. And this good news is going to bring great joy to all people. And then he gives them some details. In the city of David, Bethlehem, there's a Savior born to you. There's the gift. Here's the good news. A Savior has come. A Savior has come to the world. And it's not just for a few people. It's not just for a select few who get it all together correctly. And when they get their lives all together correctly, then the Savior is presented. No, the Savior is given to all people, is what the angel told these shepherds that were out in the field. And when you acknowledge, when you see the Savior... When the Savior fully comes, it's going to really bring joy to your life. It's going to make you happy. And not just happy, kind of the deeper thing, this idea of being satisfied. And then he says, and so here's going to be the sign to you. You're going to find this baby, this Savior, wrapped in cloths, in, in little strips of cloth, and lying in a manger. Now, it's interesting, at Christmas time, you can go all around the United States and different communities, and some people are fighting about this right now, and you see a thing that we'll call a nativity scene. And in every nativity scene, the obligatory part is a baby in a manger. And a couple of, 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 of cities have had a hard time keeping their babies from being stolen, so literally, there's, there's a news story going around that a couple of these babies have had GPS tracking devices put on them. True story. It's interesting, right? Right? And so that's part of the, the normal nativity scene that you would see. And so people drive by their cars, or maybe you've seen a living nativity where everybody's real and they got like real camels and stuff. And it's all cool. It's all good. We embrace all that stuff. But it's interesting to me when you really dig down into what the angels told the shepherds and you really let the words speak for themselves, it really wasn't the baby in the manger that was so special. In fact, the baby in the manger, the Bible says that was really just a sign. That was just an indicator. The baby in the, in the manger just pointed to something else. The good news wasn't just the baby in the manger. The good news was there was a Savior born in the world. And this will be the sign to you. You'll find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So, so, so here's my simple point just for us to think about the greatest gift that this world has ever seen that came from the heart of a heavenly father that put a lot of effort, a lot of thought, a lot of planning into this gift. Hundreds of years before this baby, this gift, this savior was born, people began to write and talk about what it would be, what it would mean and how it would impact the world. And the acknowledgement of that savior has brought an awful lot of joy to individuals who've seen that, who've embraced it. The Bible tells us it brings a lot of joy to our Heavenly Father to extend grace to us through the person of Jesus. And the Bible tells us that it wasn't just in a general gift displayed. The specific words to the angels were, this will be a sign unto you. It's a very personalized gift from our Heavenly Father. 
It's interesting when you read it that it wasn't just a baby in a manger. It was the Savior. So here's my basic question to help us get the most out of it. When you think about the nativity scene, get one in your head, what do you see? Do you see a Savior or do you see a baby in a manger? Now listen, I know I'm pressing the point, and, and to some degree they're the exact same thing. Of course they are. But the angels were making a point to the shepherds. If we let God's word, word speak definitively and clearly into our lives, they didn't, want the, they didn't want the shepherds to simply see a baby. They wanted the shepherds to embrace, acknowledge, observe a Savior. And that distinction though so close together, though so similar in one sense physically, that distinction makes all the difference. Whether it's just a nice sentimentality of a baby in a manger in an idyllic pastoral scene, or whether it's the Savior of the world come to bring joy to each and every person. Whether it's a Savior of the world or a baby in a manger makes all the difference. Now, seated throughout this room, there are people who have, in their own ways, on their own journey, with no formal script, come to that place that the shepherds came to, where they put their eyes, metaphorically, spiritually speaking, upon that event of Jesus coming. Many folks around you have decided that it's more than a baby in a manger. It's more than a nice story. It is, in fact, the Savior of the world, and they have embraced that truth that Jesus came to give his life, that he was born in a manger, into a manger, that he served humanity with clarity, taught with power, gave his life on a cross, and was resurrected from the grave. And in embracing that truth about Jesus, the story that begins in a manger and ends with an empty tomb, their lives have been radically changed. We say it around here. If you're a regular, you know this. If you're our guest, here's some language we use. We say, it doesn't take a whole lot of guts to admit you're not perfect. But the Bible says more than just not being perfect, we're sinners. And our Heavenly Father knew that that sin would separate us from Him. And He wanted to have a connection with us. So He sent Jesus to close the gap. And in acknowledging that we're sinners in need of a Savior... We can have a restored relationship with our Heavenly Father and invite His active work into our lives. And so as a church, we gather every year and we sing some incredible rock and roll Christmas carols and we watch an incredible band and we serve here in our community and in the United States and around the world. But we take time to acknowledge that the Savior of the world isn't just a nice idea. It is the idea. And more than just a baby in a manger, he has literally come to save us. And we believe it makes all the difference. It doesn't make us perfect. It doesn't make all of our problems go away. It doesn't elevate us to a plane where we're more spiritual than other people. What it means is, is that the true gift of Christmas, the greatest gift of Christmas, is a gift that we're still unwrapping and discovering More and more, every day, every week, every year, the real joy of our Heavenly Father in being connected personally into our lives. And we we didn't want to go an entire celebration service like this without giving you a chance to think deeply 
and clearly through the pages of God's word, the specific language given to the shepherds. You will find a savior and the sign will be the baby in a manger. So which is it for you tonight? Now around here, when we take a moment to kind of peel back God's word and take it seriously, we think it's very important to not just have our minds stirred. We want to actually do something with what we hear. And so around here, we call them next steps. And that little piece of paper that pastors Matt and Greg had you fill out earlier with your name and email, I'd ask you to go ahead and pull that out again. All the normal Four Corners people, they're bending around, grabbing their cards. If you're our guest, join in with us. You don't have to do anything with this, but this is how we try to take seriously God's word. This is how we try to take seriously what God had to say and do. We try to not just be hearers, but to move forward. And so right now, I'm going to give you a chance to respond a little bit to what God's Word had to say about the difference between a Savior given for you to cover your sins, to be an invitation of God into your life, or just a warm and fuzzy Christmas moment. And so here, next step A, here's something that some of us in the room probably need to do. We need to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior for the very first time. So I want to give you a chance to do that. Here's what it looks like mechanically around here. You have your name and email on the card. You check next step A. And at the end of our time together, when the offering buckets come around, your gift to us is to put that in the offering bucket. You'll be joining in the offering bucket with all the folks that have prayer requests and folks who don't have anything to say. And you just put them in there. And you're not joining our church. You're not committing to give money. You're just saying, I want to take seriously the invitation that a Savior was given to me. And acknowledge that I'm a sinner, and I want forgiveness there, and I want the Lord to lead my life. Now, in a few minutes, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to give you a chance to use your own words or my words. You can borrow mine and kind of look up to God and say, God, I'm a sinner. I'd like you to forgive my sin. I'd like you to lead my life. Now, the biblical words for that are become my Savior, that's forgiver, and my Lord, that means leader, if you want to do that, check the box. Put it in the offering bag when it comes by, and we'll communicate with you this week via email. You're not joining our church. We'll just tell you what that means on a deeper level. Or how about next step B? You'd like to get baptized and acknowledge what it is to be in a life with Jesus? We'll give you a chance to do that. If you have questions about it, check the box. Put it in the offering bag when it comes by, and we'll communicate with you via email. No obligation. And you can get your questions answered. All right? Or how about next step C? Here's something that I invite every Four Corners person to do and every guest if you want. Pray this prayer on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So just two times this week. God, show me more of what it means that you came to be my Savior. God, show me more of what it means that you came to be my Savior. For those of you that are already walking with Jesus, you already have a relationship, pray this prayer. God, show me more of what it means that you came to be my Savior. For those of you that don't, and you're wondering, and you're, and you're wrestling with that, and you're you should know that we built this church in part so that people who were wrestling with faith could come to this place and ask honest questions and do real search. Part of that searching is opening up your heart to God and saying, God, if there's something here, show it to me. So you just check the box, put it in the offering bucket when it comes by at the end of the service, and we'll send you a reminder about it in the next 24 or 48 hours. Who knows what God will do with that? How about next step D? Is there anybody that would say, I'm going to read the Christmas story it's found in Luke 2 or Matthew 2 in your New Testament. Luke 2 or Matthew 2. If you check it, you don't have to remember this. We'll send you a reminder about that. And for some of you in the room, we're really glad you're here. Here's something I want you to consider. Next step B. How about early in January, finding a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church and attend it for a while? We hope it's here, but we're not the only thing in town. 
There are a lot of good churches around here who teach God's word. And if you'd like to be a part of a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church, commit to that. And we'll send you a little reminder. We'll join with you in prayer about that. And ask God that 2014 would be a year that the difference between the Savior of the world and the babe in the manger would become more clear to all of us. I want you to do this with me right now. Would you bow your heads and let's pray together.